Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Love, Real Relationships series. Today I am being joined by two incredible women, Alex Tripod and Callie Bowen. And I'm so excited to talk to these girls. Um, I know that they have been through a lot in their relationship, a lot of healing, a lot of growth, a lot of expansion, and they're deeply committed to doing the work on themselves to ensure that they get to have the most incredible relationship experience that they possibly can. So I'm so excited to connect with them, have a good chat, get real and raw, and even just learn a bit more about what it takes to really have incredible relationships. And if it's actually that different for humans who are in hetero relationships or in gay relationships. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation. I can't wait to dive in and I'll see you all at the end. All right, ladies, well, welcome to the best way to start. Welcome to the Real Love, Real Relationships series. Right. How are you? Really good. Really Thanks good. for having us on, honey. Really oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. So I'm joined by these two divine women. It is Alex Tripod and Kelly Bowen. Um, and a beautiful mutual friend of ours recommended you being a part of this series, Christy. Um, so yeah, I'm just pumped to have you guys here and really dive into relationship stuff. And like you said, Kelly, remove that mist of perfect relationship and conscious relationship yeah. and the one and the soulmate and all that stuff. Yeah. So I would love for you to start um, just by letting everyone know, you know, how, how you guys met, how long you've been together. Cool. Do you want to tell the story of how, how we met? So Find land um, plane as, as quickly okay. as you can with this one because we could go for hours. She <laughs> <laughs> likes to deliver things quickly. I'm going to try and borrow some of her punchy to the point quotes. <laughs> nice. um, however, for those of you that do love a bit of a story, um, I'm all with you. So it was really funny. I remember getting to this point. I'd been to A-Face Love and Relationships. This was a couple of years ago now. And I had this like, oh, I'm going to meet. I'm going to meet the one over there because all these conscious people in the one environment is going to be so easy. It's just going to be like our eyes will lock and be magnets and that, you know, it'll be happily ever after. Mm -hmm. The fairy tale, right? Right. <laughs> Bloody Disney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, at the time, sorry, that's me telling me to get on this call. Um, but at the time, I was looking for a man. I'd been in relationships with women. Epic fail. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so I'd been in relationships with men. I mean, sorry, with women before. And I was like, right, I really want to commit to the man things. But my last experience with women, it was amazing. I learned so much. But I was like, women are just too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you say that because, like, women with men would be like, men are just too hard. God, it's right? Not, it's not a sex thing, obviously. No, but, but here's the irony, right? And this is, uh, and Alex had added a bit to this about being a manifestation coach. When I wrote out my ideal partner list and what I was calling in, mm. I would put not sex specific, I kept writing person, my person will, my person, da 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 da. Mm. Didn't realize, just, you know, unconsciously, you're unconscious mind sometimes knows you better than you and that didn't want to rule out women and thank god that it didn't anyway i got to this point came back from AFES, and i was disappointed with like not finding this man and this epic love and it wasn't quite what i thought it was going to be and i remember making i was working i remember making peace this one day and it just sort of like really fell into my heart i don't need to go to events i don't need to go looking for people when i'm ready the right person will literally knock on my door and walk through my front door Funnily enough, I guess who walked right through her front door. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. How how did that come about? Basically, got um, introduced from a mutual friend who, funnily <laughs> enough, was my partner at the time, oh. and then. Um, basically as when souls collide that are meant to be together happen, um, I went overseas after meeting Kelly. Um, it was like two days later, I went yeah. to, um, LA to run a workshop and I just, something happened in LA had nothing to do with Kelly. I had a realization, holy shit, here I am preaching to everyone. Don't like seven out of 10 your life. 7 out of 10 relationships, 7 out of 10 health, 7 out of 10 career, finances, raise your standards. Yes. And I realised I was in a 7 out of 10 
relationship and not that this person was an extraordinary amazing sex great communication trust but you know when you just know they're all the good things in the paper they're just not your person yes. that was my realization and I was calling in soulmate extraordinary love and I had this realization there came home broke up with her literally within one hour of landing Nine days later, Kelly and I were together. But funnily enough, and it looked pretty oh, sus, it right? So <laughs> it had nothing to do with Cal, which is really cool because I'm really grateful for that. Because if we had continued to hang out, I have no doubt that the chemistry it would have gotten a bit messy. So I'm so grateful mm. that it was such a clean cut, and I did it for different reasons. Yes. We didn't yeah. even speak. in that time she was away. Her and I didn't even speak. There was like no because uh, I was. It's My worse. soul knew, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even that night that we first met each other, we only had maybe like, I don't know, 10 minutes to actually just, we were just hanging out by ourselves chatting and that was it. And there, there was like a connection there, but it didn't feel romantic. No. And I think too, because like who Alex was with was also a good friend of mine. So it wasn't, it was really like as messy as a as it could possibly be. <laughs> there wasn't anything, um, there wasn't any real kind of like, um, you know how they say the fireworks and whatever. It wasn't like that. It was there was an attraction, mm-hmm. and then we didn't talk at all while she was away. And it wasn't until she came back and broke up with my friend, and my friend kept asking me to talk to her. That her talk to Alex and what was going on was that that's when Alex and I started talking, and it was like magnets afterwards. It was. <laughs> I love that. That is so. Oh, awesome. and, and and I think too, like falling so deeply in love with her all of your values all of the things that you say you would never do kind of go out the window all the rules just change yeah yeah absolutely and I love what you say about how the initial attraction wasn't fireworks I felt the same with my with my king like I Mm. met him and it was a soul knowing right it was something within me that went oh fuck here we go but it wasn't, it felt familiar and it felt safe more than anything it wasn't that crazy butterflies and I was talking to a girlfriend about this recently how we mistake that like that butterfly feeling and that anxious feeling for love when it's really that's what the movies tell you right exactly right it's got to be angst and it's like it's got to be complicated before you have the the but hang on they don't tell us what happens after the big romantic kiss right at the end yeah exactly and the healing process (laughs) Fucking all that shit. All the shit that goes into making a relationship actually last. Yeah. And that stuff is often, for me, it's definitely been warning signs more than it has been love. You know, it's like that's my body's reaction to something that doesn't feel good. Mm, When I met Gary, it was just calm. It was Mm, so calm straight up. Yeah. So I love that little um, bit that you said there in regards to healing and all that. So the triggers that set us set like set off when you get in because people are like, I think people believe that when they meet their person, then it's going to be perfect and they're never going to fight. And I had this belief. I'm like, if I'm fighting, then fuck, it's not right. You know, this I've got to break up with this because we shouldn't fight if it's the right guy. Mm. And for my, like now understanding that the actual work comes when you get into the relationship. Right. So has that been the same for you guys? Did you have that think like that thought process of, Oh, it's going to be perfect. And then, something completely Ooh, different i don't know what you're talking about we don't have triggers <laughs> triggers what triggers? we don't fight what are you talking what about triggers? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have these problems. Yeah. for me the biggest thing was in a nutshell is that when stuff does come up and you know like we're, even just recently we've, we've it's just like it's there's been a bit of a wormhole we're just coming out of it now and there's been times where we're both like whoa and it's cause you know like Kelly's business has exponentially grown. My business has exponentially grown. And just having to like really mm. calibrate to you're a different person. You're a different person. And we're just constantly shifting to new identities. Mm. For me, the biggest takeaway was, yeah, cool. You know, I can blame it on Kelly. And I can say that this trigger is because of Kelly's making me feel this way. You know, and we can break up and then I can go find you love with someone else and have to deal with the same fucking shit five <laughs> yeah. years from now. Or I could finally stick with this one beautiful soul yeah. and finally, finally, finally heal it. Does that make sense? And yeah, that was totally. learning for me not to run away from mm-hmm. a person that I ultimately knew was good for me but I was actually running away from my own trigger. Yes, absolutely. And so many people do that. Like they get in a fight, they point the finger, they blame, 
And then they're like, well, it's your fault. So I'm out of here. There's nothing wrong with me. It's that unwillingness to really look back, you know, point one, one finger head and there's two back at you, right? It's like, you've got to turn that shit around. And when you do that, that's when the magic starts happening, right? You really start to heal some deep shit. At the same time though, I also can see in hindsight how, um, how resourceful like my past relationships have been because they've shaped me to be the person and without um having the courage to um end previous relationships you know i wouldn't be who i am today for you Mm. so you know discernment well it's kind of having that difference between is this my shit and my trigger or like you know is it is this person are we literally no good for each other does that make sense? Yeah. Is it like yeah. connecting back to when the times are good and how you guys feel and interact and that soul knowing? Like that's what I always go back to whenever Gary and I are in the shit of it, like in the midst of it. It's always taking me back to that moment when I saw him and I knew it was that soul's recognition. So while we're going through the process and we're growing, like I believe we grow and we expand through the muckiness and the mess, the chaos, um, it's that anchor point of no. I love this man. Like yeah. he's my king. I know he's my king. And is that yeah. the same for you guys? Like you have that yeah, kind of anchor point. I actually said to Cal one of our recent fights. Um, you know, and we were, and I was like, you know what? Worst case scenario, it, you know, worst case scenario, you decided you can't fucking handle me, me anymore, and you decided to break up with me, or even just have a break for me. You fucked because I would do the work, <laughs> and I would come and hunt you down, and I would. <laughs> Make this work. So whatever you want, do whatever you want. But we're meant to be together, baby. And I'll do whatever it takes to be with you. And she's like, oh, fuck, don't I? It's your choice. We can either do this together. And that, like, I think just having that certainty and that knowing for me has been a huge shifter because the worst thing that we can do to our partners when we are growing and shifting, in the, when we know it's our person, mm-hmm. is have that in and out and have that sort of runner and have that uncertainty because your partner can feel that. Like we can mm. feel each other. We're literally mirror reflections. And when I feel Callie's uncertainty makes me want to be uncertain. But when I ground in certainty, nothing to do with what Callie's saying or doing, but I just ground in my own certainty and give her that love. Mm. She meets me instantaneously. Yes. Yeah. I love that. It's like, I choose you. I choose you and yeah. all of it and the good and the bad and the shit, like all of it, I still choose you and will give it my all. So to get to that point though, what did you have to go through in order for you to gain that awareness of self to be able to anchor in and, and hold that space? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things with that. I think one, you know, you're with the right person when things come up and you want to lean in more than you ever have before. Yeah, I definitely find that with Alex. I think the other thing too, this is kind of leaping back to the last question, but I will bring it into this, is that about fighting in relationships, I think we're given our honeymoon period lasts for as long as depending upon how big our vision is for our relationship. So when Alex and I first met the very first night, we literally had this massive, like it wasn't consciously consciously set out, but we literally kind of went straight through each other's visions that were almost equally like thing the thing that was so identical with what we wanted in life and so identical in terms of how we wanted the relationship to really fuel and be the catalyst for all of it that we've probably got like an eight months honeymoon grace period where it was rosy and it was all of those things where you don't fight with your and person. And I proposed it month 10. 10. And then all the shit started coming out. So this is, where, this is where I think, you know, our souls went, okay, guys, we've given you the grace period to make you feel that, that crazily in love when you can see or you've got all the same visions and you know you lean in more than you ever have with anybody else. Now we're going to show you the cognitive dissonance between who you think you are and where you're at and where you need to grow and grow together to really fulfill that vision within your relationship. So mm. when stuff does come up, this is where we constantly have a, we have a phrase that when anything gets too intense, we're like, okay, just zoom out. Mm. Zoom out and let's calibrate to what we said we wanted the relationship to be for us and fuel our life with and where we're headed with it. And it's like, oh, this when is When we like, zoom out, it's like perspective. Zoom out, we've got a whole lifetime together. Like just let's chill. Just zoom out from, <laughs> this tiny, from this tiny dot of our entire time together. It's a freaking dot yes it's so irrelevant and it just takes that pressure off and because it's ever since being together 
like our lives have exploded in like business with the relationship our level of lifestyle was literally us coming together was the amplification of and i hate saying this and i mean it in the most coachy high vibe way it was the amplification of the grounding that both and i both her and i were needing but didn't quite have nailed at that point like we both brought those missing strengths to the table to really ground and amplify so it's really coming back and remembering like yes there's been lots of rapid growth and yes we're constantly pushed and stretched but we're living into our vision and our truth every day and that's magic amazing I love that. And the fact that you guys, because you don't work together, do you? You have your separate uh, businesses. We've got, well, we've got, we work in the same house, but Alex has the office upstairs and I have mine downstairs. Okay. Kelly's okay. got lifestyle finance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, business. I've got my finance uh, manifestation coaching, coaching business. Uh, business. And sometimes we do stuff Sometimes together. we, like, she's on my platform. Um, you know, like the other month we flew together and we were both speaking on the same stage. We're going to start writing our book, our book together in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. so a little creative yeah. project. Our incomes aren't high off no. of each other. We've got no. very independent income. So no. we don't fight about money. It's just other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How and much spending so making money is yeah. what it's thought about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so the... The working together, like obviously that adds another layer of complexity to a relationship, like working in the same house and then and coming together on creative program projects. How do you kind of navigate that? Like does that create more friction, do you think? Or does that kind of yeah. no? Working together brings us so much joy. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. The only time we butt heads is Kelly likes to take a concept and she's got this beautiful um, ability to like, I'm a visionary. I'm like, this is what I want to do with my clients. Or, this is my book. And then Kelly goes, right, let's go this layer, that layer, that layer, that. And she'll take it from like an eight out of 10 to a freaking 11 out of 10. Amazing. Yet my impatience it takes will be like, that. hello, I'm, I'm going to go live in five minutes. I need it now. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. good. Or, and I'm like, I don't care. Just get it done. Just get it done. <laughs> and she'll be like, excuse me, I'm giving you my time. Like, you're going to give me the respect of, so I've had to learn to zip it if I've asked for Kelly, Kelly's tap now and just sit in the appreciation. Yeah. Because that's beautiful that you guys complement each other in that way too, right? Like, imagine yeah. if you yeah, were yeah. both, like, the just get in and go because I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the get in there. I've got an idea. Let's launch it, you know, without, and that can often work against you because it's like, oh, shit, I haven't actually thought about this properly, you know, so, and the peeling back of the layers. So that that's was, beautiful. What yeah, was that? that was the beginning of our relationship, the first three months. <laughs> so how long have you been together? Almost two years. Two years. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I want to just talk, touch on masculine, feminine energy as well. And yeah. is one of you more in your masculine and one's more in your feminine? So who's yeah. Alex? Are you the more masculine? Yeah, <laughs> I picked up on that. So yeah. do you like, do you find that that works? Obviously it works really beautifully. And, and what's your kind of understanding in regards to that? Because obviously you're two women in a relationship. Mm. Um, do you find that like for me, for example, when, when Gary drops into his feminine, it's almost like a turn off for me. I'm like, ugh. So is it the same kind of? Um, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. yeah so for me, um, like I think, I believe Kelly finds me most sexy when I'm in integrated, grounded masculine. Yeah. Okay. So when we first got together, obviously honeymoon phase, blah, blah, blah. You know, I had that level of certainty, this and that. My next piece of leadership of growth was really integrating um, my my feminine, the trust, the surrender piece, the letting go of control. Mm -hmm. And so that's been the biggest, I guess, tumultuous growth I, I've really experienced being in business. And it's been absolutely necessary considering mm -hmm. what I teach. And um, so with that, it was kind of like, think of your whole life, you're stuffing your feminine and you're like, you can't get out, you're locked away. And so then she's come out and she was a bit like, Think, you know, like Medusa, the crazy, yeah. crazy snakes <laughs> yeah. on my head. And like, I was a pain in the ass to live with, you know, I had all my shit come up and for, and I didn't understand for a long time why like Kelly didn't find this attractive. And so, you know, like integrating that back into now being healthy, integrated masculine and feminine now, but you know, our sex life took a few hits, you know, in hindsight, I get it now, but at the time. Did I have to deal with my rejection issues? Did I have to deal with all of it? Absolutely. 
I'm so grateful mm. for it now. Isn't yeah. that funny though? It's always, it's always, you know, I'm so grateful in hindsight. Yeah. You don't have the hindsight in the time and it's freaking painful. It's annoying. Yeah. It's like, why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> On the flip side of that, just as Alex said, we mirror her, we mirror each other like it is insane. But while she was having to integrate her healthy feminine, I've been having to learn healthy masculine for business. And with the growth of my business accelerated, I've gone from the beginning of the relationship where I wasn't that busy and I had all this time. So everything was about Alex, center of my world. I really like what, that. Whatever she did. <laughs> I bet you did. All of a sudden, I've put on this piece. So she's gone into integrating her feminine. I flipped over into developing my masculine. And I've gone into like full focus, like get shit done. Like it was complete like reverse of like break of polarity. But because we were integrating learning how to be healthy, they weren't sexy qualities to each other. Yeah. So how did you navigate that? Like, was it just like talking about everything? Was it like fucking just everything well, that fell apart? There. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think as well, like it, it's interesting. Like, um, like we're currently working with a relationship coach and mm. just learning to wear different hats like, okay, cool, um, not having to talk about business, business, business all the time, mm. you know, because we love it. Um, and as well, like what you were talking about, about oh. being in these, no, 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 yeah. being in that, in that fo focus yeah. man mode, Kelly's got to be in that play. So for me, if I want, like if I want to create intimacy or have it feel relaxed or like be in play and it's like, cool, what can we do? So it's like, okay, it's date night. You know, it's like, let's just, spont and we both love spontaneous mm. stuff. I don't know as soon as there's fun or spontaneity or play or any some oh, sort of, she wants any, to be. any, any yeah. sort of like, oh, let me massage you, bang. Like she's back into her feminine, but I've got to make that conscious decision. But I used to get frustrated. Like, why can't you just switch off? And now it's like, okay, cool. What are the tools I can draw on to actually instantaneously have Kelly come home to me? Yeah. So and it's still a work in progress. And it's but no, this it's is no different to any like hetero relationship. You're, no. still, you're still balancing the same energies. And like we knew a lot about relationships before we even hit this, but what you know versus how you show up in the moment, like as you said, like you really get tested. It's yeah. great to know a lot of stuff, but you don't yeah. really know until you have to put it into practice. Information and, versus and some, implementation. Yeah, hard. exactly. The embodiment. It's all, it's so sexy to do personal development on your own because You've got no one to trigger your shit. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. It's so easy. And you'd be like, I feel so good. I'm so ready for love. Like I'm going to have the most amazing relationship next yeah. time. It's going to be perfect. And then boom, motherfucker. It's like, fuck, I did so much work on myself. This is not fair. What is going on? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we, we, we have made it a, like the masculine feminine polarity, we've made it a priority. And we've also yeah. zoomed out a little bit on like our beliefs around what we're told, how often you have to be having sex for your relationship to be healthy and totally get that, you know, some weeks sex might be on the table every night, a few times a night or morning, whenever. And then other weeks, depending upon what's going on and what you're shifting through and what, what you're integrating. <laughs> and yeah. if you yeah. you're going back into your three, four year old self and you've yeah. got, all kinds of stuff going on. It's not, that's not sexy time. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. One of the biggest shifts for me is that not um, having the society paradigms of what a normal, healthy sex life is. Or mm -hmm. I should be, it's kind of like, how is that any different to, we should be having sex anywhere between three to four times a week for a healthy sex life. Okay, cool. Should I also have a white picket fence, a nine, five, nine to five job, a mortgage and 2.5 kids? So yeah. if we're here to break the mold, then again, that applies to every area of your life. Um, and that was one of the biggest shifts for me, knowing some weeks will be, you know, at it like rabbits and other weeks it's nothing. And that is literally dependent on what we're shifting through, our yeah. energies, what's on, is it big speaking events, how are our nervous systems, yes. all of that stuff. So yeah. much, eh? And there is, there is that pressure because you see you're like, that thing you know you should be having sex three or four times a week and then you think well i'm not doing that is everyone else doing that like is there something wrong with our relationship what's wrong with me why don't i want and it's just this fucking head fuck right where you're just like but then you have the real conversations with people and they're like yeah sometimes we have it three four times a day and the next we don't have it for like weeks yeah and it's like yeah. oh okay cool it's yeah. normal yeah. like yeah. the way that we experience it is normal yeah 
Yeah, and it, it also depends too. I think like when it comes to relationships and that one again, like it's been romanticized, but in relationships, we wear so many different hats and it's so narrow focused to think that, you know, a healthy sex life is that lover identity that you're wearing all the time every day. But sometimes you have to be the nurturer, the carer, the the protector. There's so many different roles that throw uh, kids in the mix. It's like what the right. <laughs> and if you're you're in like full nurture mother mode, and that's what's required, and you try and put like a sexual identity on there, like yeah. it goes against your biological function, like you, you how you're programmed. Yeah. I remember after having my boys, like both times. And that first kind of six to eight weeks, I'm sitting there. I've got a baby hanging off my boob. The other one's leaking. I'm just like, here's a mess. I'm like, the last thing I'm thinking about is sex right now. You yeah. know, I just want you to rub my feet. That's yeah. all I want right now. Oh, you, know. with that. <laughs> you do that for six weeks and you might get lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you think that, do you feel like your sex life has changed? Like, Because I think a lot of people are like, Oh, we used to have such great sex, and and early on it was like we would go at it at like rabbits, and then all of a sudden that kind of excitement can tend to fade. So it's like, how do you keep that spark alive? What do you guys do to make make it fun still, and not get into that boring? Oh, I know all the moves, I know how to get her off. Like, yeah, yeah, great kind of thing. I think it, for me anyway, it comes down to like the spontaneity, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it's really interesting though because like it's just really interesting what's been happening lately as well because like we did a bit of a a test around what we both like what's it called like your sexual templates templates. and so I've got a bit of kink so I like you know a bit of dirty talk this and that whatever and Kel's more sensual which likes to connect Mm. and it was really interesting because in my integrating my feminine and masculine what's actually happened is like that desire for all that other stuff and the toys and the other like kind of really dissipated oh. and and that and that and that oh i get it like there's nothing greater than just your skin against mine and mm. when if i'm being really honest like for me it's gone less about mm. what we're doing how we're doing how many times we're doing it as long as we're being really present when we mm. are um it actually has the exact same chemistry and energy and tingles as it did on the first night for me yeah and that that magic for me it's like i don't you know that that's magic that's golden for me is there one of you that wants it more than the other like obviously because gary's a bloke he wants it all the time but for me yeah. you used to like the last few months the six to eight months while mm. i was going through my shit yeah. it was me but it wasn't so much of a um it was a hidden trigger of I want you to want me. Yeah. So it was more of a rejection that needed to be healed from childhood. Mm. And now that that's healed, I'm that I used to, Kelly used to give me a name called the count monster. (laughs) So I used to count how many times, how many times a week we had sex that week. Mm. And if it was like, Oh my God, it's been five days. We haven't had sex. There's something wrong with this relationship. (laughs) And healing and shifting and growing through all that kind of stuff. Mm that mound monster's gone so this feels like oh so amazing so i'd say now we're on par yeah and Um, i think too the other thing that i know so i think sex drivers are really um i know it's different for men i think they're much more primarily drive to just go plant their seed anywhere anytime they they potentially get an opportunity to but i think but it's also how they feel connected so women need to feel connected to have sex but guys need exactly exactly so i've noticed within me and this is what i've been working through is that i've had either two modes i'm either focused and focused or play fun sex and because i've been building and just the way my business grew i didn't have a choice but be focused that it's only i've only just realized now that i've been able to start like playing back between like focus and fun and focus and fun like oh that's where my sex drive is and oh like i've it's been i've had a this or that i haven't had a medium ground and Mm -hmm. even without my my whole development my programming there never was a middle ground there was always on off so now it's really cool, like coming back to being able to integrate these new ways of being able to have focus and fun and being able to be more well-rounded as a person. That makes sense. Where it's not this or that, it's much more easy, not easy, but it's more about integrating yeah. other qualities into life where you get to experience a much deeper, richer experience of it. I, I will say, though, on what you said before, I have to be completely transparent and say that um as the more masculine 
half, mm -hmm. I would definitely say that yes, Kelly's got to feel connected to want yeah, to have absolutely. sex. Absolutely. And if I'm not and, and if I when like I can still feel connected, but if it's been a while and we haven't, nothing drops me back into fucking gaga eyes for Kelly, like mad crazy love gaga goggles mm -hmm. than if we're intimate. And so it's kind of like sometimes I feel like I'm a man with a penis. And as long as if you like, if you like do your thing and we have sex, whatever you want, baby. You want to go to Hawaii? You want? What do you want? What do you want? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I and sorry to say that definitely goes on in this relationship. Yeah, yeah awesome, amazing. And I love like it's. It's it's I find it so fascinating that whole masculine feminine dance, you know, and I think that's mm. something that is really misunderstood. I think ma masculine feminine is like, Oh, spiritual words and oh la la words. And it's not, it's our DNA, right? It's within us. Yeah. It's a natural innate way of being. And it's not so much about the physical, but it's that energetic thing. And when we really master yeah. that, something that we're playing mm -hmm. with in our relationship is that, you know, um, when I'm in my masculine, it drops him into his feminine and I'm just like, Ugh, you know, I just, yeah, same, same, same with us. <laughs> Whereas when I'm dropping in my feminine, it invites him to step into his masculine. And I'm like, baby, take me. Like it literally. Yeah, exactly, when exactly I step into same. my masculine, she automatically like goes want, into a feminine. Whatever you want. <laughs> and it's so funny because we actually always hold the power, but where we lose it, we actually think, no, we want, well, I want you to go into your role first for me to, just like I was looking for Kelly to hold the certainty or for mm -hmm. Kelly to be in play, for Kelly to show me love. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, actually, what's one of the pillars of the art of conscious living? You know, give what I you give seek. What I see. So it's like, okay, how can I be that first? And I know that will in instantly be mirror reflected mm -hmm. to me. How can it not, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, like... Um, like so since about november gary and i have been going through some clunky stuff and mm. it was literally that that process of oh i forgot that in order to receive i get to give first you know and i'm all about radical self-responsibility and when you step up and you do that and go fuck it you know what ego you can fuck off i'm just going to choose love yeah. in that moment and he literally mm. like has just changed yeah. through just me stepping up and he's doing his own work and his own process but it's yeah. like, because he said to me one night, he was like, baby, you, you've stopped pleasuring me just for the sake of pleasuring me because you mm. enjoy it. And I was like, holy shit. And I wasn't being in, like acting in integrity in the relationship. I kept saying things like, I'll give you a massage and do these things for you. And I would never follow through. Mm. So I literally caught myself one day. He did this hundred hour race and I was like, okay, I'll give you a massage later. And it got to nine o'clock and I was like, fuck, I still haven't given you a massage. Cognitive. So he went straight in there, rubbed his legs. And I was like, hey, baby. And he just dropped straight into receiving. And I was like, oh my God, this is really sexy. And obviously yeah. it worked up and it turned into more. And we had some of the best sex in my life. The next day, he was like, baby, can I get you anything? What do you need? We're around about it, but women like can have men wrapped around their little finger. <laughs> it's the power of the pussy. I'm telling you right now. I'm yeah. telling you right now. I think there's so many women out there that think femininity is weak. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's the opposite. I feel more powerful when I'm in my like feminine energy than I ever do when I'm in my masculine and feel out of control. Mm. Yeah. Are you the same, Kelly? Yeah. Yep. Well, and it feel, it's literally like I get, I feel like it's a switch when I've been pushed into that energy for too long. It's, all, it's like it gets stuck on, it's like a hamster wheel. Like I'm stuck on overdrive and I can't switch the thing off. Mm. And it, it, I feel disconnected. It's like I'm living in a world of numb. Everything can be so great, but it's literally like, I, this is my life here and I'm here and I, I can't get in. Yes. It's horrible. It's one of the worst, as a feminine energy, it's one of the worst experiences. Yeah, and I can I can deeply relate to that because I went through that in the last month. Saturn was in retrograde or some shit, oh, fucking me up with Capricorn and like <laughs> Mercury, <laughs> all the shit. But it felt like that. I felt like I was over here and I was seeing my life and it was yeah. all great. But I just was so disconnected from it that I wasn't able to actually feel. I felt numb, and yeah. that impacted the relationship. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's huge. Um, so. I would love to hear a little bit about how you guys deal with shame in relationship. We looked at this question. Can you give us some more? Yeah, we'd like some context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Like, I'm not sure I've ever felt deep shame. shame you. 
Oh, it's more in regards to things that may trigger you from past that come up. So the definition between like about shame is that it's something that you believe about yourself to be true. I am a shit person because I did this. Whereas guilt is like, Oh, I did this and I feel bad. Okay. I guess uh, it's like an example for me would be while I was um, shifting through my childhood insecurity, crap, like all that. Um, big stuff coming up that kind of yeah and one of them was releasing control and kelly's a free spirit and you know it's like i think there was a few instances where kelly would call me up on my on my behavior that oh i'm allowed to be spontaneous with you but as soon as i go drinking and be spontaneous with people when you're not around you get xyz and in all fairness what she was saying was true and so for me it was probably just shame of it's almost like god if my clients could see me in this moment and how i'm reacting not responding reacting like a fucking four-year-old like literally triggered out of my head yeah and that's the shame but you know <laughs> kelly's all public place but like few times that that's happened so in terms of that that's probably the biggest shame that i felt in this mm. um in this relationship yeah yeah and i think for me it's been a long you don't have to go it's okay it's been a long time since i've had um that you know this is my deepest darkest secret i'd never want to share it i'm totally cool mm. to share what in the appropriate situation I don't really know if you've got anything. No, I don't. Yeah. Not, not feel it on that sense because I also know my identity is very fluid and nothing's permanent. And I've also had some really great experiences with, like, friends who are also coaches but also some brilliant coaches in my life where, oh, my kinesiologist, I purge my shit all over him all the time, like, for him to, like, help go in and pull that out. So I'm really quite okay with being, like, mm. I'm making this mean this. I know it's absurd and I, I don't have that, like, guilt-shame yeah. attachment to it anymore. Okay. I'm just going to say, Cal has one of the most, like, out of anyone I know, the most amazing internal dialogue, like the way she alchemizes, even if mm. the, like there's something to be shamed about, like it, she'll, it's almost like her default will go to like, okay, cool, and she'll go to growth mindset. And so our biggest clunk has been, I'm, I, I, I was quite fixed mindset. Yeah, but this is what, and for a manifestation code, for fuck's sake, I keep telling people not to focus on what is. And yeah. a lot of the time with my own triggers, I'm like, yeah, but, and I'm fighting my righteousness for what is. And she's like, great, awesome, and X, Y, Z. And she does that for herself too. Mm. So like I love, you know, have been in the, you know, obviously like modeling Kelly because I'm just near all the time. Great. like. I just love your internal dialogue. It's so freaking resourceful. It's sexy. Yeah, amazing. And what? so when you talk about like all the stuff that you've kind of gone through, that would have required a real um, level of vulnerability, I would imagine. So how is that? Like, because I think a lot of us are quite afraid of being vulnerable because it really opens us up to the possibility of being hurt, right? So how do you kind of, how have you dealt with that? Do you mean from, from me? With what I said for before, for both of us? Yeah. Yeah. I think we both kind of walked in with like literally right from the beginning on, here's all my shit. Yeah. Are you still happy to proceed? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a heart cracking open sort of yeah, it was love it? where this is the first person I've been with where even when I've shown my shit, even when I've had moments of control tendencies, even when I've reacted in ways and I've been a mess and I'm crying like a three-year-old and I'm being unreasonable and all like, and, and, you know, vulnerable about I'm just, I'm, I'm being passive aggressive because I'm scared, you know, and all of that. I've never, ever, mm. ever, like, felt um, insecure about being vulnerable with Cal. No. And I think this is, like, I just, this is why it feels so right. I've never felt like Kelly will use mm. it against me mm. or use it to, to have the power. Mm. There's none of that mm. goes between us. And this is why it feels like there's such a pure love. Yeah. that's beautiful. And I think... I think to at the beginning, because if things that we set out, like I can really see how we tone for how our relationships unfolded and why, even though we've been through some clunks, we got through it. So from both of our past experiences and relationships, there was a few like 
hard standards that we set. One was there's nothing more important than the emotional security of the relationship. So if the other person has something going on, whoever's not in trigger has to drop their shit and be present to hold the space for the person to alchemize it to bring love. And I think it was something that I, I think it was like Stan Tactics, your the biology of your brain in love or something like this. And he talks, it's a little bit of about attachment theory, and but he talks about the different chemicals that go on in terms of when you're triggered in the different arousal stages and that if the person can be present with you and you get that they're not angry at you or attacking you, they're showing you their deepest wounding and you've got the opportunity to stand there in the present, to hold space for them, to alchemize them, then you get to create what's called an anchor relationship, which really does anchor you so there's no longer this place of i'm scared to share my shame deepest darkest secret or that it's even about that anymore it becomes very much about a place of i'm here to grow with you i'm here to love you and in agreeing to that i also know there's going to be stuff and when stuff does come up this is how i've made a commitment to show up to you and we set that tone really early from the beginning that's beautiful and, and it's it's such a space of soul love right it's it's a real yeah. soul love not ego love which is so no. fearful and controlling and you know it, a lot of people i believe are probably in that space of ego it's like i own you and and you're doing this to me and pointing the finger and the blame game right which is so damaging because it's really not like anytime that something comes up and we get triggered or we get upset it's very much that oh my god <laughs> got another one too so this, this one actually two weeks into our relationship this one got hit by a car she's a pirate oh. one-eyed cat alex doesn't like animals so that really tested us me yeah hit by, here we are driving my cat to the vet she's got like blood splattering down the side oh like certain tests how do you know your person's the right person when they don't like animals they hold your cat her face is falling off and there's blood going everywhere and she's still calm and now she's converted me because i'm now an animal person (laughs) oh you've got your own cat now yes awesome (laughs) i love that how can you not like animals I was like, why would you had one? Why would you tell people this? <laughs> it's a freaking secret. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. This is why I never had an animal as a kid. Animals. And okay. so when I was a kid, the only animal that got brought into the house was a little doggy when I was about three. And I had this traumatic experience. And, and like, all I remember is screaming in the house when this dog came in, this little puppy, and dad had to take it back to the pet shelter. And because of that, I've got an anchor of animal scary. And yeah. so I've never experienced animal love. And so... And small animals or just domestic animals? All, all animals. And so it's like, so it's like, it's like kind of like a mum saying to me, oh, you'll never experience the love that you feel, the unconditional that you do with the baby. I believe you. However, I'll never experience it until I have my own kid. I can intellectually get the unconditional love you feel for your kid. However, until you experience it. So, so I made her get a kitten and you should see her with this kitten. <laughs> You better get to sleep on her pillow and wake her up at night. <laughs> All sorts of things. That if I even snore a little bit, I get, oh. <laughs> But the cat gets to walk all over her, sleep on her pillow, whatever she Anyway, wants. thank you for your <laughs> time to clarify that I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, deep shame. So, deep shame. Deep shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, deep shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how often do you experience, like, just total joy in your relationship? Hmm. Like, every day. Every day. Yeah. We make time. Well, could we work sometimes it's like little things like we'll just jump on each other on the couch and giving each other a little cuddle and just jump into the gratitude of the freedom we get to experience every single day in the lifestyle we're created and other times it's like more extravagant joy like we'll go to get a hotel room at the casino or like go for a romantic dinner just because random weekend so like it's it's really like but i honestly feel like we get pockets every day and obviously really amplified um yeah. in other in other and ways we too. also have like little rituals that we make sure that we do religious. i was about to ask you what rituals do you have yeah so, yeah, so, so we like to we always wake up in the morning together no phones connect first 
Mm-hmm. And then we can look at phones and drink and then our and drink keto our coffee, coffee together. In the yeah, morning. we drink our keto coffee together. We set intentions for the day. Yeah, intentions. Talk about what we what we've got on for the day, what we want to experience. For and the then, day. The, and then that way we'll almost automatically drop into okay, cool. Who's cooking lunch? Who's cooking dinner? And like, who we'll needs make, to be taken care of today? Yeah, what, what needs to happen? And we kind of flow. It's like a silent way. communication, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and I love that because it's prioritizing the relationship, right? Whereas it's so easy to roll over and pick up the phone and then form the next thing. Mm. You know, it's an hour later, and you've got to rush out the door. But yeah. when you actually consciously commit to creating time and space for each other, the impact that they can have on your relationship is huge it's huge if we miss that we feel so disconnected and out of space like it's almost like we don't know where we are in space mm. like yeah. if one of us has to get up before the other and we don't oh, get that coffee time that. or sometimes Kelly has to get up really early to go to a pt or a kinesiologist she gets up and i like wake up and i'm like where's my kelly <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to start my day without yeah. you. <laughs> always, always start to finish the day together, like religiously. Oh, yeah. yeah, beautiful. I love that. So, and then on the flip side of that, like how often do you kind of experience fear and, and anger in a relationship? Well, it <laughs> depends on the day. Almost every day. No. <laughs> every day. <Yeah. laughs> no. But we can go like weeks and everything's bliss. And then again, it depends on what's going on and where we're being stretched. Mm. So, when we're it's usually when we're being stretched with things outside of the relationship mm-hmm. is what causes friction in the relationship mm-hmm. so how do you so, navigate that um with delicacy <laughs> kindness <laughs> love <laughs> remembering generic answer generic answer generic answer this is what i actually remind myself of is that when if if I'm Alex is expressing how I haven't made her enough priority this week, I remember that this is a really good quality relationship problem to have. Mm. My person's upset because I'm not spending enough time with them. I would yeah. much rather be with this problem than any other problem. Mm. Yeah. This I can do something about, and this I'm grateful for. Mm. And yeah. it's remembering that brings in that level of compassion. However, in the moment. It doesn't always feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And honestly, it just depends. It really depends on what we've got going on. It's usually business has impacted relationship as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. And is it a case of, do you guys, like for your resolution of your arguments or disagreements or challenges or whatever you want to call it, is it a get in there and nut it out straight away or is it a pull back, create space and then come back together when the energy is settled? Mm-hmm. We've kind of- we kind of, there's not a set rule. Was no. Like, and we have been trying to, get, we've been getting better and better and better. And this and we that. alchemize so, really fast now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. either sometimes it'll be uh, clunky and Cal will like, be like, like, if it's on the phone, it's like, let's get off the phone. Or even time if out. we're on the same, on the same, in the same house, okay, cool, time out. I'll go yeah. up, says my thing. I'll either, you know, meditate or I'll do something or I'll do something like in work to distract myself and it literally won't be longer than 10 minutes typically. and one of us will walk in and one of us will go to the other one and be like I'm sorry baby I'm sorry too I, I really don't when we're shit at holding grudges yeah we, we never we go just can't, can't do it can't do it yeah literally and again it comes back to that there's nothing more important than the emotional security of the relationship yes so because absolutely. that's the trumping belief and that's the trumping value we drop our shit really really quickly yeah yeah awesome and it sounds like you guys have a real a really great level of emotional intelligence as well in that awareness and and i imagine that that hasn't happened overnight either like that takes mm-hmm. a lot of, of work internal work to be able to get to that space hey? and i also think too this is what's yeah. been here's the gift about the triggers in your relationship i think and the stan tatkin talks about this in his book the, the one i mentioned before but he, as you pair bond and you fall deeper and deeper in love, your unconscious minds blend more and more. Now, what comes to the surface is all the inadequacies you experienced in childhood from parenting that come to the surface for you to heal. Mm. So if you remember that that's what's happening and the other rule that we also have that we've been really true to is when our shit comes up, the person who had the shit come up, takes full responsibility for going and doing the work wherever it needs to be done with the kinesiologist, with the coach, whoever, to resolve it so it doesn't come back to the relationship. And what's happened over time at the beginning, like, Catherine, sorry, at the beginning when we clashed, like, we would clash. Like, it would be, like, you're not 
reasonably righteous and and then what's happened as we've actually resolved these things more and more and become deeper and deeper in love and deeper and deeper in rapport when the trigger comes up our arousal our arousal stages don't go past control so it's a i'm annoyed i'm frustrated not out of control and as long as we stay in i'm annoyed i'm frustrated i love you but you drive me mental and we separate here and give ourselves this then we can resolve it but if we go past that kill switch that's where it it gets it takes more time to to do the emotional healing on it but as we've gone yeah, it's, take, it's taken a while, but when we fight but now, it's really It's calm. really resourceful. And it's you calm. can watch us. You can be in the room and not be overly uncomfortable <laughs> if we have a disagreement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. And that takes effort from both parts. Hey, like it can't just be a one-sided thing. It's that, it's that commitment on, by both parties to being the best yeah. versions of self and doing the healing work to be able to meet at that kind of place. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right, so... A couple of questions just to wrap it up. Yeah. What do you believe makes a relationship really work and last the distance? Mm. Do you want to take this one? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've got a couple so, of things. So for me, it's when I look at, like, obviously being a visionary, and look at the main points for Kel and I, is that we're both looking at the same mountaintop. So we're both heading towards the same thing. We've both got very uh, similar values. We both, you know, enjoy the same things. And, you know, not to sound corny, but she's my best friend. Yeah. So not only do we so have corny. similar, so the same values, not only are we looking at the same mountaintop, that we've got the same soul's mission to raise vibration of humanity. And we're doing it in both diff- different unique ways. On top of that, we can literally go out and partying. And I don't know, just anybody us. else but Kelly. It's like mm. me and Kelly painting the town red and we just have so much mm. fun together. Mm. It's like, and I think that, and it's that, you know, you can say yes, trust, communication, sex, but more than that, even if you have trust, communication, sex, and you don't have the same vision, you've got clashed values and you don't actually have fun, like spending time together, yeah. it ain't going to work. No. Does that make sense? Yeah, the fun, fun factor is so important. Otherwise, you just become like roommates, right? And just you're just yeah. kind of groundhog daying it, going through the motion. And that's been a huge challenge for Gary and I with having kids. So we, <clears throat> I don't know if you know our story, but we met. <clears throat> excuse me in june i moved to brisbane in september and we were pregnant by november had our wow. first child wow. yeah had our first child and then i got pregnant four months three months later or four months later and we had our wow. second so it's been we've been together four years we've got two kids one's three and one's two so it's like being wow. massive so we didn't get to know each other very well to initially i had went through all the pregnancy hormone stuff all of like oh. the crazy shit while our relationship was still so fresh and young that we became so incredibly disconnected as well through that process of me being a mum and and shifting into that role and him not knowing like how to deal with all that. And there was so much going on, but the core thing that stopped for us is we stopped having fun Yeah, and we were just miserable. Like we were literally just going through the motions. We weren't making time for each other. We weren't laughing. And I kept saying to him, baby, we need to have more fun. He's like, I know, but we were struggling to figure out how with very minimal support and all that kind of thing. And when we started laughing together again, it just changed the entire relationship. Like it's so important. I think sometimes even when we've actually been practicing this lately, when we are in like what could almost be a trigger and could almost become a fight, it's like, can we laugh about this? And when someone laughs and like cracks a smile, it just alchemizes it. And we're like, okay. Like, honestly, it's the fastest way to just yeah. alchemize and raise your vibration and put in Love. perspective of it. And, just and like, the oh. best medicine is just the best yeah. medicine for all. Yeah. Um, so next question is, where do you believe that people are getting it wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, I think over-romanticization of the one soulmate yes. relationship. Do you believe in the one? Do you believe in soulmates? I believe I, 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 believe I have many the ones. ones. <laughs> There are many soulmates. But no, I, I, like, I think for us to be so narrow focused, like if our soul, the most of us, the non, we're more non-physical than we are physical to think that we don't mm. have matches and it's just one person, I think is really limited. I think depending upon what experience our souls have chosen to have, we could have multiple partners or multiple right people to really amplify that experience. 
I now that I have you, I couldn't imagine like having this life experience with anybody else. Mm. However, I don't. I'm not naive enough to think that. You don't have me who experienced me. Experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Alex is, is my only one, but at the same time, I'm so deeply and truly, truly grateful because a lot of people don't find that person that they really do amplify with and magnify mm. with. And mm. I think that often people may find that person, but because they don't understand the different stages of relationship and as you, you pair bond, what actually comes up and what the triggers really are and how to heal that. And we don't have normalizations of, you know, what is a healthy sex life? What is a healthy relationship? Which is why I think what you're doing is so fucking cool because it's actually starting to bring this stuff to the surface and making what's real because our models are what we see on TV and we all know that that's, we're looking at this much of that much. Yeah. And, you know, what we read in romance novels and, and our Metropolitan and oh, fuck the right. shit that I used to read in magazines growing and, up. I'm like, and for most of us with the exception of a few, we've come out of watching relationships with our parents and gone, we'll never be that. So if we're yeah. not going to be that, what, yeah. are, how do we, how do we yeah. do this? Yeah. yeah. I think even when I'm looking at like, you know, we like to binge watch, you know, Netflix series sometimes. And when you look at like the pinnacle characters, how long it takes to come together, together and, to the and the convoluted story and they do that and has to give that. And so and we like, and, and I feel the chemistry. Oh, and they, they finally tingles. kiss and you're like, oh my oh. God. <laughs> yes. That's great. However, I do not choose that. Yeah unconsciously that's what we've unconsciously been programmed we're going, oh, i want that yes yeah and i was that i was fantasized about that happening anytime that a relationship was clunky and weird to begin with and really like tumultuous i'm like oh he's gonna come back to me and he's gonna knock rock up on my door and realize that i am the one for him and mountains <laughs> for me Oh, it's just no I don't need no night to come and shake like save me from my yeah, castle. See, at the same time calm love does not make for a good Hollywood blockbuster does it exactly come see calm love <laughs> where there's no story two holes meet and they work through their shits calm love can you imagine <laughs> we need to make it we need to actually make it that would be hilarious they work through their shit resourcefully and stay together yeah <laughs> oh, that's so good. I don't have to watch two hours of them missing together. Situations. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? I yeah. Think that's the biggest misconception is. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, all right. So, one piece of parting information that you would like to leave our viewers and listeners with, um, or a tip or whatever in regards to love relationships keeping it fucking real think kindly of your person mm. when they piss you off always assume that their behavior has come from a positive intention and give them the benefit of the doubt it will save a squillion disagreements mm. what she said yeah beautiful beautiful and it is because i think you get to that point when you're like you're an asshole you're a, you're a prick you know and it's like it's not they're always not. Like they're triggered yeah they've got their own shit going on and when you step back and remove yourself from that drop the ego and just come from love you know like we spoke about earlier it's yeah. like i love you even in your mess because yeah. you're amazing and i see past that i see beyond that you know i know who you are at a core my soul recognizes you yeah that's beautiful amazing thank you so much girls i have just had the best time with you guys it's awesome oh my pleasure my pleasure. And um, yeah, I'm sending you both so much love. Thank you. Oh, actually, before we drop, I meant to say, if anyone would like to get in touch with you or connect okay. with you in some kind of way, how can they do that? Um, so for me, yeah, go. Um, I run multiple free challenges. Um, so you probably go on to my website, alextripod.com. And you'll see a whole bunch of magic manifesting stuff. Beautiful. If you want to manifest your partner? Yeah. yeah, you can use it for love, for health, for, for business. business, for whatever you want. Money. You set your intention on day one and I take you on a journey. Amazing. Yeah. And for me, I'm a finance broker who specializes in helping coaches get paid for their programs up full. Sorry, paid for their programs in full and their clients get a really manageable repayment. So instead of paying for like a random month, for example, they might get it for 50 bucks a week. 
Awesome. So, yeah. So it's like oxygen for your coaching business because money is oxygen. If you want no payment plan in full. It's amazing. And you don't even have to chase your payment plans because finance managers. Do you really want to give your email like this on this one though? <laughs> no, I've got a website now, lifestylefinanceco.com. Or awesome. find us on Facebook. That's yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'll drop all the links, all the information in the comments yeah, of this as well so that if people are like feeling like they want to ask any questions and reach out, are you guys open to that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. When, you, when you post it, tag it so that we can see. Yes. Cool. Amazing love. So thank you again. I'm sending you so much love. See ya. Bye. Hey guys. So that's a wrap on episode two with the gorgeous Alex and Kelly. I just had so much fun on the episode and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. I love how real and raw and just straight up honest they are about what it really takes to make their relationship work, you know, and it's such a beautiful and expansive conversation that I really hope that you guys got so much value out of it. Um, so if you are wanting to connect with them further or ask any questions, then please don't hesitate to either reach out to me or you can contact either of those. All their information is in the description. And if you're feeling called cool to really step into this space of developing yourself and doing the work on yourself to ensure that you get to create amazing relationships from here on in, then please don't hesitate to reach out, join my Soulmate Attraction group and find me on socials, Facebook, Instagram and connect. And let's get you to that space within where you just feel so content and whole and ready to attract in that amazing love and be able to hold that amazing love. All right, my loves, until next time, I'm sending you so much love and remember you are loved, you are lovable and